Welcome to Grad Life by the Horns, the bi-weekly podcast hosted by Becky Hills and Sophie Scully. We're here to make your 20s that little bit less scary. Touching on everything from career anxiety, struggling to pay your rent and the imposter syndrome that we all feel but no one talks about, this podcast will prove that ultimately we're all in the same boat. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Grad Life by the Horns. Before we get into this episode, I just want to talk about politics for a few minutes. Now, don't switch off. I know that politics isn't the most riveting subject for most people, but as a politics grad, it's something I'm very passionate about. So my friend Jacob, who works for the anti-Brexit organisation Best of Britain, got in touch with me this morning and mentioned that his company, Best of Britain, have launched a tactical voting tool, which is a really important mechanism for working out who is the best candidate to vote for in your area. So if you don't already know, there's a general election coming up and today, the 26th of November at 5pm is the last chance you have to register to vote if you live in England, Wales or Scotland. That is really, really important that you're registering to vote because our main demographic is the 18 to 24 year old bracket and notoriously we're not great at voting, we're not great at getting out there, we're not great at putting ourselves out there and then we moan on Twitter the next day about the fact that there's loads of 55 year olds voting and that doesn't represent us so the best thing you can do is make your voice heard yes you may be one person but if we all thought oh, i'm only one person then no one's going to vote it's so important in this completely politicized and fractious time in our politics it's so important that you put your voice out there so just to go on to get voting which is the best of written tool that they have launched for tactical voting getvoting.org and essentially you type in your postcode and it talks about the best remain candidate to vote for in your area 73 of 18 to 24 year olds in the 2016 Brexit referendum voted Remain. So although we're trying not to be political here, we're not trying to say Remain is great, Brexit's bad, we're not saying that at all because we realise that there is a plethora of opinions and everybody is entitled to their own view. What we are saying is if you did vote Remain or you are pro-Remain at this general election, you're currently thinking in that way, then maybe have a look at getvoting.org and see who the best candidate in your area is to vote for if you are in favour of remaining in the European Union. It's just really important ultimately to get voting, to get your voice out there and to make sure that the decision makers know that we as young people, as grads, as whoever is listening, are the people that they really should be taking notice of. Welcome to episode six of Grad Life by the Horns, and we are joined by the wonderful Emma Fleming this week. Wasn't she great? She's amazing, as we say with all of our guests. I know. But Emma was just such a joy to talk to. She was so lovely. She was so open and honest about her experiences in reality TV and as an influencer and having a full-time job. There was just so much stuff that is normally quite taboo that she talked about and I'm just so glad we had this conversation. Yeah, we talk about reality TV, we talk about the stigma attached to reality TV, the career prospects, like the expectations it sets up for our generation. Mm, I loved when we talked about body image and beauty standards and plastic surgery, things that are just so taboo to talk about and we mm. just kind of really got into it and said like it's all right to feel a bit crap at, at the time when you're looking on Instagram constantly yeah and that even if you are a reality tv star and you're an influencer like you can still feel crap about yourself as well yeah and I think what's important as well is even if you don't necessarily relate to everything just because you haven't been on reality tv like neither Becky or I have it gives you kind of a more bigger perspective of what people experience and what people think and feel we're so excited for you to listen to this episode let's get into it
week we welcome the wonderful Emma Fleming, who began her graduate life in the mysterious wonders of reality TV, where she starred in E4's remake of Shipwrecked that aired in 2019. Emma is a hard, hard worker, being awarded a publishing award at Loughborough University, but not to mention being a guaranteed attendee at all things fun and sociable. She often says she feels awkward easily, but luckily it doesn't stop her speaking up and fighting for what she believes in, including the pros and cons of reality television. Since Shipwrecked, Emma has used her platform for being an advocate for feminism and challenging beauty ideals, and has been exposed to many exciting opportunities, interviewing Love Island's Megan Barton Hansen to name one. She is now working for a funky modern events and marketing company called Appear Here, which specialises in the fashion industry. Emma has a cracking personality that transpires in both real life and on TV, and it's an absolute pleasure to have her here on Grad Life by the Hordes. We thought we would just start off, Ems, by asking you three questions about your week. Okay. Um, so the first one is, what is the most adult thing you've done this week? <sighs> most adult thing I've done this week is review my contract of employment, which Ooh. is so adult I can't cope. <laughs> <laughs> and what's gone wrong this week? Oh my God, so many things. My life is one big list of things going wrong. <laughs> just work situations, which is very tedious, but trying to plan for things that can't be planned for and just the daily struggles that everyone has yeah work related <laughs> not trying to worry too much about the things that are out of your control yeah I guess exactly okay. going on from that what have you learned from both those things this week I think that especially living in London everything can get a bit too much and at the end of the day no one died and kind of leave work and you go home and you go past so many people who have no idea about the troubles you're having and it's just that feeling of like there is more than this and don't let it weigh you down too much because no one cares (laughs) yeah Yeah, no it's so true it's so easy to get like wrapped up in all the little like tiny things that are going on in your day and you're just like actually this doesn't actually matter like in the grand scheme of things so let's start from the beginning so (laughs) so um obviously I gave you that lovely introduction we just thought we would start off by talking about where it kind of all began and obviously you leapt straight into reality tv as soon as you graduated so if you just tell us what the story behind it was how you applied what made you apply all that kind of stuff and we can go from there so they actually approached me on Instagram and I was in the library revising with my friends in final year and um, I thought it was a joke. What <laughs> like, did they say? They said, I, mean, I can try to find the message if you want, <laughs> but it was basically like, you look like the perfect type of girl. It was a very like gimmicky message. You look like the perfect type of girl that we'd want on our new TV show, like apply here. Yeah, and I didn't trust it, but we just thought, why not? I'm never going to get it. I'm bored. It's a break from revision. So yeah, I started applying and I had to submit a 30 second video about me describing myself. It's <laughs> just awful. No one has ever seen that video. Yeah, <laughs> really? I really want to see this video. It's please, awful. can you put it somewhere? Just like a, a clip somewhere, please. <laughs> we'll put it on our Instagram story. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. And I remember doing it in my house at uni and really hoping my housemates were out because they would rip me so much for it. It's like, hi, I'm Emma. I'm from Loughborough. <laughs> oh. Had to submit that and another video on what I would take with me to the island. And then, yeah, there were loads of other interview processes. And then the final stage was an assessment centre. And I remember turning up and the producers said to us, this is going to be filmed. We're wanting to see how you interact with each other. We're going to ask you a lot of questions and we don't want you to be friends. 
we want we want you to be very honest and don't just kind of agree with one another and it's just like being in a room with psychopaths because everyone's kind of they've clearly all watched tv and think there's a certain way they should behave and so they're just saying these things and being really controversial it was just so embarrassing you almost feel like it's forced especially if they ask you to be controversial yeah well this is the whole issue is that there's it's a bit of a double-edged sword because if you are kind of just yourself and how you would normally react to stuff that's quite boring Mm -hmm. and you have to be really vocal about stuff because if you're on tv no one can hear your thoughts so any little thing that pops into your head you have to say so it's kind of striking the right balance of still being you but being a kind of entertaining version of yourself Mm, I can imagine that's quite exhausting do you feel like you had to be on all the time yeah when we actually were filming the show it was it was a lot when the cameras were there but I think because it was a camera crew when they left you know that you weren't being filmed it's not like you're constantly thinking like there are cameras somewhere although we did kind of look around occasionally like have they planted some yeah (laughs) in the the trees somewhere knocking on a hollow tree But because of that, it was it was really nice when they left because we then actually got to exist as normal people and not be constantly worried about how we were being perceived. Because mm. I remember you actually mentioning that one of the most annoying things about the whole reality TV process is that obviously you only see a snippet of it and you're like, it's so annoying that all they edit into the episodes is like the drama and in inverted commas but you have so many cool conversations with these people. You're living with them for, how long was it? Three months? Yeah, two months. Two months, two yeah. Months. yeah. So, like, you're inevitably going to have some really interesting stuff to talk about, and they don't. Yeah. Like, do, did that annoy you? or? I think it was just a shame, and I think that our generation are kind of underestimated in terms of what people think we want to hear and what we want to see and Mm. people think of us as like this Instagram generation and actually we're we're the ones that are having like these conversations at the moment about climate change about equality but that's not really being represented in reality tv Mm. so we were having all these conversations and just having like normal conversations about being back home and who we were as people and unless it was in the context of the show it wasn't interesting to the producers yeah it must be it must be so irritating and what, what would you say like off the back of that were like the main pros and cons of the actual process of being there so I still maintain it was the best experience I've ever had like just the the scenery and being on that island it was just so beautiful she looked unreal like, yeah it so cool yeah and I think when kind of filming got a bit too much or it was just you know, it's not a normal environment to be in. You could kind of take yourself off and go and sit on the jetty or go for a swim and remember how lucky you are to even be having this experience. Mm. So I think that was definitely a pro. And and almost in a way, it was upsetting not having all our conversations shown. But I think it actually made us closer, the people that were on the show, because we have all these private conversations that no one's seen. And the experience we had... it it wasn't a tv show it was our lives for two months and we existed together and kind of had this incredible journey (laughs) (laughs) so like obviously we kind of saw a little bit of like the characters of everyone else like the sharks and the tigers and stuff but were they in a similar situation to you like were they recent graduates did a lot of them go to uni did not many of them go to uni like what was the dynamic as a whole really so i think 
so actually, yeah. So Tom and Sam, they both went to Loughborough. I know. Which was <laughs> weird. So Three people on the same time went to oh Loughborough. And because Loughborough is quite a small, insular environment, we were all talking about the clubs we go to and the people we knew and everyone else. was like, oh my God, are they talking about Loughborough again? <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm not sure about Tigers. The only person I know for sure is Chris who went to Cambridge. So yeah, there was definitely uh, quite a few graduates. A lot of the other people, they were all just in full-time employment. Did many people have like a like a career prospect before you went in? And like, did you have a career prospect before you went in? Yeah, definitely. You know, I was I was thinking about which job I wanted to go into when I was revising and going through that horrible experience of oh my god, what if I don't get a grad job? And my friends were accepting grad offers, and it's just like it's quite a unsettling time for anyone when you're thinking like I've been in this environment where I know my next steps and this is the first time that I have no idea what's going on Mm. so in that sense it was it was a nice kind of buffer of okay well at least I know this is the next step because I think like the fear of the unknown is such a massive thing for everyone so I had the next two months planned (laughs) yeah definitely and did you ever see yourself doing something like that was reality tv ever something you thought oh you never know I'll give that a go no, definitely not. I've always loved acting and it's still <laughs> it's still something that kind of deep down that's what I really want to be doing. And my mum was like, it's a great opportunity, the people you'll meet. But, you know, reality TV and actually acting is very different. And I just, I didn't really think about it too much. I just thought I'd really regret not doing this because I'd be really interested to see what it's like. But it was never like, yes, this is what I'm meant to be doing because there's so many people now especially like when you look at studies of about 12 year olds and stuff they say what do you want to be when you grow up and they say I want to be an influencer I want to be on Love Island and then you and then if you talk to people who are like that older generation they're like well every young person wants to be doing this and so it's interesting to see that it wasn't like a a preformed idea it wasn't something you're like I'm gonna do my degree and then I'm gonna become a tv star like it wasn't that correlation so do you think that now having done that experience would reality TV be something you ever wanted to pursue again? Or has it kind of turned you off to it? I think, actually, I'm, I'm a lot more prepared now. I think that was something that I went into it, and you can actually see in, like, the first episode, half the time I'm just in the background with this slightly dazed expression, like, not really knowing what's going on. <laughs> I, really, I really wish we could have a visual there of just, like, a picture of you in the background. Yeah, I was watching myself, and I, like, I look completely insane. I'm just there, like... <laughs> um, so I think I would do it again if it was the right opportunity, and I think one of the reasons that I said yes to Shipwrecked was because... I was going to live on a desert island for two months. If it was something like Big Brother, I think that's just really bad for your mental health and what what you actually, what's that experience doing for you apart from the potential things afterwards, like actually living on an island, that was that was the pull for me. So something like, I don't know, Bear Grylls or something where it's like, it's not just the fact you're on TV, you're actually experiencing something at the same time. Mm, and I think that's really important to recognise because people do get attached to this like well like if you're an influencer you earn loads of money by doing deals with brands and you can just do anything you want they all go on like celebs go dating and and that's fine if that's what you want to do but then it's also acknowledging the fact that 
not everybody who goes on reality TV is the same and not all of them want to be doing the same sort of thing. If you're going on it for the experience, it's completely different if you're going on it with a vision of brand deals in the future. Yeah. But I mean, the thing is, to be completely honest, when I came off it, we, you know, we, I mean, originally we were told this is going to be like the next big thing. This is going to be like Love Island. Like this is your life changed forever and our lives haven't changed forever. And to be honest, that's maybe a blessing in disguise. Mm. But there's definitely this weird feeling of this is going to bring something for me. And if that doesn't happen, you just feel like a failure. And why hasn't this happened? And how can I make this happen? And maybe I should post this picture or be seen at this event or be meeting this person. And then it will happen because then I'll be associated with this whole world that doesn't really exist. And there are a lot of people I know in this industry that are very unhappy. Mm. But Did you struggle with that quite a lot? Yeah. I would say the kind of, so we finished filming in October and then we were just so happy to be home and kind of relaxing after that. And then it was Christmas. It was between like January when it was about to come out and I would say April when the show had been out and when this was when it's meant to be drawing all this traction. It's some of the most unhappy, unhappy I've ever been. And it was weird because I was, and I don't want to sound ungrateful because I was going to a lot of things that were exciting and I would, I was being exposed to things that I would have never done otherwise, but it's, it's the kind of ulterior motive of this industry that I don't like because you're invited to this event, but it's not because they care you're there. It's to leverage your followers or, you know, so that you're meeting this person. So then you follow each other on Instagram so that you're then liking each other's stuff. And it's just this really weird environment that I've never been experienced to where the first thing someone asks you when they meet you is, oh, what's your Instagram? It's so toxic, isn't it? But I ended up doing it because you have to. Because otherwise, what was the point of going to that event? Because it was to meet those people. That is so weird. It's like a complete complete different social dynamic. Mm. It's so bizarre. And did you find that people were... You were meeting people and then seeing their online personalities and did they like correlate? Did you see a lot of like, it sounds quite cliche, but where there's a lot of like fakeness and... Actually, credit where credit's due. Um, I'm still really good friends with a lot of people I've met and there's a sort of like solidarity in knowing it's kind of bullshit and it's more than knowing that the system's bullshit, it's not you. So like a lot of the girls I've met, they all really support each other with the kind of Instagram industry but it was more for me starting out because I I didn't gain a following from being particularly good at anything. I, you know, like it wasn't for me posting pictures of my style. And so that's why people were following me because of that. It's like I'd got handed followers. And I think that was a bit of a weird feeling of like, what do I do to maintain this? Because the thing that people followed me for now doesn't exist. And so, yeah, like going to events and being seen at places and then nothing happens. And still, I know people off the show who are going to these events, who are being gifted these experiences, and still nothing happens. And it's this feeling of, like, I should be really happy, but I'm not. Yeah. Mm. And it's kind of setting up that expectation, isn't it? They say to you that, like, the world's your oyster. If you go on this, it's the next big thing. You'll have, like, so many followers. You'll be handed jobs left, right and centre. When it was first released, obviously, that's when people start becoming aware of who you are and you start getting the followers what was like your initial like emotion was it 
was it positive? Was it negative? Yeah, it was great. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Loving life. It was like, it was really fun. And I think the thing is I got a kind of taster for it without, like, it's not Love Island. We didn't get millions of followers because I think that would have been so overwhelming. You know, we had like a few thousand people follow us and a few people tweeting about you on Twitter. <laughs> um, so it was kind of, you were getting a bit of a taster for it without your whole life changing. Um, so yeah, at first it was great. And, you know, you you get some really cool stuff out of it. Like I haven't spent money on skincare in so long. <laughs> I'm so jealous. Oh, it's a dream. <laughs> so that's what I mean. There are elements where you're like, this. yeah, this is so great. And I, I am grateful. But I just think that like it shouldn't all be tied up in social media and like your personality should go beyond that and for a while I definitely forgot that and I was just so kind of aware of what I was looking like and buying all these clothes that I don't even wear because I knew that's what people were wearing at these events and that's why I applied for a job because I was just so unhappy and I was bored and I think waking up and not really knowing what you're doing with your day but at least you've got that event tonight. It's just, it's so unfulfilling for me. Mm, and um, I think that's so important to recognise because it is so hyped up and it is like, oh, but you're not working. You're just going to events and you're having a great time. And you're getting gifted experiences. And that's great if you don't want to be doing anything else. But if you've got that kind of like burning desire to like do something with your life and to do something that you find fulfilling then you shouldn't feel like you have to be an influencer if you've got that following like you can do other things and you shouldn't feel like you're trapped doing one thing and I think it's important to recognize and talk about that because a lot of people will just think that's the perfect life yeah. and it's saying like no that's not necessarily the reality for everybody yeah and to be honest to me I just don't really think the kind of influencer term exists I think you're an influencer as a byproduct of being good at something like people like M. Clarkson, who is just completely reshaping what like body positivity is. I the love her. Again. Yeah, like the reason people are following her and her following is going up and up and up is because she's got something to say. It's not because she posts cool pictures. It's because she's actually going out of her way to kind of break stereotypes. Same with like even just like fashion um, influencers like Sherry Webster, who I've met at a few events, and I really like her. And she just has the sickest clothes, and it doesn't have to be some deep, meaningful connection you have. But I follow her, and I've bought so much stuff off the back of her. Like she's a great example of someone who is a fashion influencer, and she's building her following through that. But I just think like going on TV, and then suddenly you're an influencer. It's like, what have you done? <laughs> what are people gaining from your profile when they go on it? Because otherwise, you're just like. I have to go through every now and again and just like cull who I'm following. So I'm like, I'm not getting anything from your face. They're just making me feel a bit shit. Yeah. And like, actually the people I follow now are people like Chessie King and M. Clarkson, like people who are like talking about body positivity and who when I go on my feed, then like, okay, this is like radiating good vibes. And I don't want to be just following those people that are just looking a bit like, oh, you look perfect. Here's another picture of you in like the same outfit again. Yeah, exactly. And I just think girls as it is are just, they're so comparative and it's all about what you don't look like and what you don't have. And actually like everyone's the same. Like we all shop in the same places and instead of aspiring to be someone that no one is at this age, it's just nice to be like, oh yeah. Like I follow my mates. It's really nice. Cause they, they aren't caring about like these generic comments on your pictures. And <laughs> it's like, we've met once. Like mm. they got actual friends and having real life experiences 
that you post about rather than just what you think people want to see and we obviously live in a world when like like you said earlier Bex like the gen like our generation are kind of like obsessed like obsessed with the prospect of reality tv like it if it's not a desire to go on it it's like a kind of like a wonderment like what's it like like why do people do it and stuff what you've always been an advocate for you've always spoken up about feminism and about um, like beauty ideals and how you feel about them and that is ultimately like what you put on your platform now so would you say that's like a big positive like being able to do that and did that come naturally or did someone say oh you, you spoke up quite a lot about this and shipwrecked and all that kind of stuff like you should talk about this or was that a natural progression so I think with shipwrecked they the reason they wanted me on is because I mean the thing is like I just like I'm not like this huge advocate because those are the people that are going out and like putting their lives at risk and are actually like marching you know I'm just kind of supporting Mm. but they did want that for the show I think originally I thought it was going to be a really positive thing but then my whole character was you know feminism in the most reduced way that people think it's like oh they don't like men and that's that's Mm. not the case at all but because they wanted that character anything I said that remotely fitted into that um was used so you know that was it was almost the best thing about it and the worst because like there were a lot of girls that messaged me and they're like it's really nice that you're talking about these things or yeah that you're kind of like just like strong and not the background character on a tv show where the storyline is about like the men and you know you just kind of your accessories on their arm but then off the back of that I think the main thing for me was just when (laughs) I was getting loads of messages about having cosmetic surgery done and at first I was like looking at myself in the mirror like do I need that <laughs> what are they, they they're just offering free treatments oh that's free treatments yeah oh but it was like you know come and get your teeth done come and get your lips done and a lot of people utilize it and each to their own would they have done it without it being free like is it actually something that they want to address in their life to make them more confident or is it just kind of like I can so I will and not really thinking about the repercussions for being another person that is posting out on social media whether they mean it to or not that you're not good enough as you are Mm, massively and it's it's so detrimental to young girls like it's like I wrote my research project in third year on kind of social media and the weight loss and diet industry and just like reading through that there was like I think it was about 70% of 12 to 18 year olds have considered uh, females have like considered cosmetic surgery as a result of something they've seen on Instagram and like reading that it just made me so sad because you're you're going online and if people haven't had cosmetic surgery they're using like apps like Facetune to change themselves and they don't actually look like their photos but you're presented with this over and over again you're like well this is what I've got to look like and you look in the mirror and you say oh my nose is a bit big my lips are a bit small but if you hadn't seen that content on Instagram you'd have never have considered that in the first place no and it's so it's so sad because these girls are growing up and boys as well but I can only speak from like a female experience they're growing up thinking that the only way for people to like you and you to be successful is to look a very particular way and there's so many girls now who just unfortunately all, all look exactly the same we've lost that kind of like idiosyncrasy to our personalities and our features because we think we have to look a certain way and it's so damaging yeah completely and I also just I mean I sound like such a mum now but I always remember (laughs) like even when I was younger and I would 
I mean, I still straighten my hair, but I would straighten my hair. My mom would be like, but you got your curly hair from me. And I just think that's actually quite a good testament. Like your face is literally generations of your family. And you're just trying to change that. And what your children look like are going to be what's in your DNA, what not what you smoothed out on an app or like had injected into you. And I'd like, I want to look like my kids. Mm, no, exactly. My dad says the same thing to me because I've always wanted a nose job because I'm so insecure about my no, nose. I love your nose. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, um, and he was like, you've got the hell's nose. He was like, you don't want to get rid of your nose. I'm like, but I hate it. And he's like, no, you've got my nose. Like if you look back centuries, everybody's got this bloody nose. And it's just like, embrace it. And there I'm just like, oh, I want to get changed. But it's because you only see a certain type of face. And if you're not presented with anything else, you assume that yours must be wrong. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, like, we can all relate to this loads as well, but, like, at least we're white women. Like, like young girls, um, like, young black girls grow up and they're told that their skin needs to be lighter or that, like, like their hair's the wrong texture. And I just think, like, yeah, like, the kind of Western standard of beauty is just such a damaging issue at the moment. And girls from all different sorts of backgrounds and ethnicities are just told that they're not good enough for whatever reason it is and to stop <laughs> oh no it's awful I was listening to a podcast with um the slum flower a little while ago and she was saying that black women are the least desirable people on dating apps because men only and then when they do get message it's all very fetishized it's like oh you'd be my black queen all this yeah. like horrible really demeaning stuff and because we are white women we don't consider it but that is such an important topic to raise as well in this conversation is that like it's not just about Western standards of beauty. It's all standards of beauty. And there is just such a narrow and niche market for what you should look like. And it's actually being like, look, there is such a wide variety of people. We need to like proliferate that content and talk about everybody. And when you've like gone off to events and stuff, like have you, have you seen like a diverse, balanced kind of market? And Not really, no. to be honest. Um, everyone kind of looks the same everyone's dressing the same mm. like I don't know I mean like fast fashion's a completely different topic but like I just think everyone's being pigeonholed into this one type of person and kind of authenticity isn't appreciated really like it's beginning to be with certain people and people are speaking out about it but still in general like everyone's dressing the same and and if you don't, it's like, oh, it's a bit quirky and just at events, like everyone looked the same. But this is why I said, like, I was buying stuff that I wouldn't even normally wear because I knew that I'd fit in. Yeah. And relating that back to graduate life, do you think that you felt more of a pressure because you are a young woman trying to get on and trying to get your like foot in, foot in the door in this industry? Do you think if you'd have been like done this at, say, 35 and you were more established in yourself and more secure, you wouldn't have felt that same pressure? Yeah, I think so. I think when you leave uni, you're quite uncertain about everything as it is. And, you know, uni is like such a bubble and everything's so safe. And then suddenly you're just completely let out to dry. I think that definitely compounded it a bit. But yeah, I'm just, I'm so much happy now I've got a job. And it was kind of like, I did a degree for a reason. And having conversations with people when they're like a lot more interested in like the contents of my brain than like what I'm wearing or how many likes I got yeah it's just so much more important and I think like no one's aspiring to just get a nine-to-five because it's not enough because we we're so exposed to this ideal of like followers and like you said people say they want to grow up to be an influencer and it's like you don't like it's boring yeah. yeah and it's all about feeling fulfilled ultimately like if you're 
aspiring to be an influencer because you want followers and you want free stuff you're doing it for the wrong reasons and you're not going to feel fulfilled by it or you ultimately should be striving for is what what drives you and when you're at uni you know what you want to do but people leave that uni and they're just like I want something quick I want something easy I want to be at the top of my game immediately they don't want to go into like the the lowest ranking job in the office and make the teas and do all this sort of stuff because you see that people immediately have these incredible lives through like a few Instagram things like they do one show and they're like super super famous like look yeah. at like Molly May and Tommy mm, they're 20 insane. like someone I know went to school with Molly May and the whole way through school she wanted to do was an influencer and now she's got it but she's 20 like this isn't going to last forever and it's mm. saying like you don't need to have this immediate fame it's about like working and doing what is actually going to make you happy in the long run because it's more sustainable yeah exactly and I also think like we're still developing as people when we leave uni and to kind of like, this is them now cemented. It's like, you've still got so much growing to do. I know that sounds really cliched, but like when you're kind of, like I'm an intern at the moment and I've had a six month internship and I've been kind of working my way up and like finding out what I like, what I don't like, what I'm good at and just like developing myself a bit more and being exposed to people who are so cool and have worked hard and are like, like, c-level people in offices i'm like you're cool as fuck someone who (laughs) like has likes on instagram who can't string a sentence together like it's like we should be aspiring to be like ceos not have a million followers i think what would be good to talk about is kind of like the gap in between when shipwreck came out and you getting your job and the kind of experiences that you became exposed to like when you interviewed megan and all that kind of stuff and all the events. Was there like a key thing that you remember in that period when you were like, oh, I love this and it's transferred into your job now? I think networking, even if it was for the wrong reasons, it was definitely helpful because I mean, like you network the whole time, you network, but it's just for professional reasons, not for social media reasons. And so going to all these events and definitely like the first event I went to was terrifying because everyone knows each other at these things and it's actually a really small community and you just you you can't be shy because everyone's with their friends they're just going to talk to each other and I remember just like I was like oh hello and Bronte King was there and that was the first time I met her and I think it was one of her first events as well and it was just that feeling of like okay cool you're you're scared shitless too like like, do we do we post now like it was this Bondi Sands event and you're kind of like I I didn't know what I was meant to be doing like was I meant to be like documenting it or having fun I was just like kept getting drinks and just got steadily more and more drunk and then I think like at the end of the night I just posted this like blurry picture like thank you Bondi Sands (laughs) thank you thank Thank you you. (laughs) I've never been invited back um so yeah the networking aspect I've definitely now when I'm running events I just I'm completely fine with just going up to people and chatting away do you want to just talk a little bit about what you do now and kind of what your role is so appear here it's essentially like a marketplace for um short-term retail so everyone that's like got a brand and is looking to open a physical store we're kind of trying to make it on like a pay-as-you-go basis because everyone says that like retail is dead and no one can afford five-year ten-year leases but actually retail isn't dead the model's just broken so what we're trying to introduce is a bit more of like a democracy within retail and you know you might have an independent jewelry brand like open a store for a month and then 
if if it's great if it works then amazing like um extend that if not then you got to have a store for a month so it's a really cool idea my friend from school worked there and I literally just put out a, a plea of oh my god like I'm I need a job like I can't do this anymore and she said they were hiring and I went for the role of brand intern a lot of marketing, a lot of PR, but um, the bulk of it is planning monthly events where we talk about an aspect of retail, like luxury retail or like the food and drink business. And we invite speakers and network. And it's definitely been very testing. I've definitely pushed myself, but I think having that kind of contrast of having absolutely nothing to do and then having everything to do and, mm-hmm. and people relying on you to get it done. It was that feeling of after my first event, I actually did a post about it because I was like, this went so well and I worked so hard for this and it had absolutely nothing to do with social media and that was a bigger high than I'd had for like the six months previous. Yeah, because you must, you must be so used to kind of after shit like, like relying on social media to like, like all these events and stuff like getting like notice of these kind of things. Then as soon as you like do something, you're like, I've had no help from that it must be such a lovely feeling when you did that all to yourself yeah exactly but it was, it's just like when you're at uni and you actually you're really having to work hard and kind of use different parts of your brain and realize that you're actually like really clever and mm-hmm. you're capable and you can do stuff and especially as a woman like it's got nothing to do with what you look like or like anything outward it's just like your ability within yourself and when you can kind of prove that in some way or another you're like nailed it (laughs) massively because you get addicted to like the serotonin boost when you post on instagram but then that doesn't last so you actually need something that's going to be like okay this is long-term happiness in this yeah exactly i think that that is exactly what you said is like you're waiting for something and then when you post something that does really well it's like oh amazing what now (laughs) yeah Mm. How does the next six months to a year that look like for you? So I'm being promoted at work, Woo, which is great. Exciting. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, to be kind of uh, in charge of global events. So how, do, how is that like structured then? If it's global, do you have to travel loads? Or? I'm not sure. I'm Yeah, I will figure that out. <laughs> but um, basically we have offices in Paris and New York and we're expanding kind of internationally. That's so cool. Yeah, Can so we come with you? <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, a lot of it will be kind of like planning with those local teams. It's very, I'm very nervous. <laughs> but that's kind of what the next six months is looking at. But then also I'm wanting to build up a bit more of a portfolio of me acting because reality tv doesn't count which is annoying so i've got so much footage (laughs) (laughs) literally the worst and i would say it's acting so i was shooting a music video last weekend which was really fun tell us more about that yeah sure i mean it's it it wouldn't know i mean it was um a kind of up-and-coming artist called aaron daniel and my friend was a director and he was like do you want to do yeah sure jokes (laughs) (laughs) but yeah i'm just wanting to have more footage of me kind of doing stuff so I can put together a a video reel because I'd love to kind of do some acting at some point but I just think like again being grounded and having like a day-to-day job and you know you don't just pack up and I'm moving to Hollywood (laughs) it's like be realistic Mm. do you think it's important for you then to have that kind of like side hustle in the acting do you think that's like your your passion project on the side I think so. Like, I acted at uni, and I've always loved acting. And actually doing that music video last weekend, it just reminded me of it. 
And I think it's imp- I think it's important no matter what it is just to kind of have your little side hustles. And I think the most upsetting thing that we all say at this age is I I remember when I used to do that. Mm. It's like when we were little, we were so busy. We did like ballet and dancing and had like hockey club. And oh then God, it's like yeah. mm. like I did musical theatre like every day. Yeah, <laughs> but it's always like oh I used to do this. It's like you don't have to used to do anything. Just make Still. time for it. Mm. I've recently had that with netball. <laughs> really? Yeah, so I, at Loughborough, I stopped playing netball because, as you know, it's literally like the most competitive, awful thing in this world. But I love—I used to love playing it. And I was like, I need to find a way to get it back into fitness because I just I just don't eat very well and I don't like running or anything like that. So I just like apply for like a friendly, like local like, club. And I literally, I come back every single week feeling so much better that I've done it. Amazing. Yeah. And it's just like, you must have that with acting as well. Like, after last weekend, you must be like, oh, it's so nice. Like get back into that kind of like passion. And... Yeah, exactly. And just being like, oh, there are many sides to my personality and to my hobbies. And you're not just kind of like, I think, especially when you're working like after uni or something, it is easy to be like, I'm now on like this wheel and every day is exactly the same Mm. it doesn't have to be (laughs) (laughs) yeah no I completely agree and I think it's you're told that you've got to just put everything into your job when you've graduated and if you haven't got a job you can put everything into job applications it's all about hustling and getting yourself on the ladder and actually it's like you should be doing stuff in your spare time that you don't get anything out of except just like being happy and it sounds very like oh god like I want to be happy but like (laughs) it's so important because I find that I just like sit in my room and I'm just like oh like I should probably do some work or something and I'm like no do something you actually want to do and it's having that balance Mm -hmm. between like yeah I'm working it's important I'm 21 and I should be getting on in my career but also I don't want to spend all of my time working and then burning yourself out no and I do like I like work and I think it's such an important part of life but I do think there is more to life than your career mm. um which, <laughs> if anyone I work with listens to this <laughs> 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 but like you know otherwise you just go home and I think you then become really resentful of work whereas actually if you've kind of done something that even if it's like you go for a run or you like play the piano or something like you just do something that has nothing to do with your work day and it makes you wind down and then the next day you go back in and it's like there is a start point and an end point and that's when the rest of my life is. Mm. No, I had a really interesting conversation the other day with someone I work with and she's, I think she's about three years older than me and she's just started and she was like, I've never seen you take a lunch break. And I was like, yeah, no, I just, I feel like I'm, I'm too, like I'm the youngest person in the office. Like I, I should be working full stop. I need to be making a good impression. And then I was like, and then she was like, yeah, but where's your balance? You like, you get into the office like an hour early. You don't leave on time. You never take your lunch break. Of course, you're going to be feeling like shit because you're like burning yourself out. And I'm like, oh, but that's what I should be doing. I should be the hardest working person in this office because I don't deserve to be here because I'm the young one and they could like easily dispose of me and replace me with someone far better. Mm. And it's them being like, actually, they wouldn't have hired me if I wasn't good enough. And kind of actively countering that imposter syndrome and then putting that balance into place because you it's one of those things you have to proactively do it it's not going to come naturally yeah and I think really emphasizing that and saying that it's okay not to be completely on it all the time you don't have to burn yourself out just to kind of impress people just because you're an early grad is there anything that you um I know regret's a bit of a strong word but is there anything you regret about doing reality tv and that makes sense there's nothing I regret I think I would have definitely I would have definitely done it a bit differently if I could do it again. 
you know, you get very wrapped up in like what you're going to say. And it's like you're kind of curating yourself and editing yourself because you're kind of you're preempting how something's going to come across and how something's going to be perceived. And I just wish I thought like, fuck it, I'm 22 this is hilarious. <laughs> it's the funniest interview I had after that when I was applying for a job. And they're like, what have you been doing for the past couple of months? I'm like, oh, well, and I just wish I'd, I don't know, like had a bit more fun with it and not take life so seriously. Mm, and I think that's, that's a lovely note to, to yeah. wrap things up on. So we end every podcast by asking you a really cringy pun. <laughs> Emma, how are you going to continue to grab life by the horns? I think that, and I'm still trying to figure this out, but that feeling of like, I am enough, I am capable, this too shall pass, so don't get bogged down and just enjoy life because I'm 23 and when I'm like 60 years old, I'm not gonna wanna look back and be like, oh, so glad I took that seriously when I was 20. Mm, that's amazing, thank you so much Thanks for coming you. on. Thanks for having me. <laughs> <laughs>